0: Hey everyone, a quick announcement before I start today's podcast. I wanted to let you know that I have a new type of podcast um, that I want to include in my regular rotation of solo shows and of photographer interviews, and I'm calling these mini mentoring episodes where I get on a Zoom call with one of you, um, and we tackle a single problem or issue that you're having in your business in 20 minutes or less. So if you feel like you might be a good fit for one of those episodes, if you have an issue that has been kind of a roadblock for you over the course of some period of time, I want you to send me an email at hello at this not be dot com. Introduce yourself, especially if we don't already know each other and tell me a little bit about who you are what your problem is and what you have been trying to, um, to get past that, uh, that issue. And I will be picking, um, a handful of people to get these introduced and into the rotation of my regular episodes. Okay. That's all for right now. I am going to let you get to the podcast. Unless this is the very first time that you are tuning in, I imagine that you know by now that I am a huge advocate for selling products and not just selling digital files. Product sales are sort of the backbone of my simple sales system in that they take the ease of all-inclusive and they make it so that it's just that easy, but it actually adds money to your bottom line. But I do know that for those of you who are used to an all-inclusive model where you're just selling digital files, that the idea of offering products can feel overwhelming, right? There are a lot of um, decisions to be made in the process of putting together a product portfolio. What is it that you're going to offer? How are you going to price it? Um, how do you then manage the process of people making purchases and getting those products uh, orders delivered to them. So, today on the podcast, I am going to talk you through my strategy for creating a product portfolio and then how to manage all of the different pieces of it. And my hope is that whether you're brand new to selling physical products or if you have been doing it for years, you'll come away with a fresh perspective that will give you and your clients a better experience and. Ultimately, give you a better sales average. Welcome to This Can't Be That Hard. My name is Anami Tonkin and I help photographers run profitable, sustainable businesses that they love. Each week on the podcast, I cover simple, actionable strategies and systems that photographers at every level of experience can use to earn more money in a more sustainable way. Running a photography business doesn't have to be that hard. You can do it and I can show you how. So today I'm going to tell you about five basic rules that I would suggest that you adhere to when it comes to putting your product portfolio together. So number one, and this is just true about everything, right? Keep it simple. I generally recommend that you only sell 10 or even fewer items in your store. And I know that that may seem sort of counterintuitive. There are a lot of potential options out there for people everything from prints to canvases to framed prints to albums and bunches of different kinds of albums and calendars and holiday cards and you name it. There are things. And I think that a lot of us want to give our clients a lot of flexibility, right? Like maybe you like framed prints and this other person likes canvases. So of course I'm going to offer both. And Those two specific things, there's no reason that you can't offer those. The problem comes when you start to offer everything. And it's kind of like when you go to somebody's website and they have, you know, a thousand different things that they quote unquote specialize in, right? They're a wedding and portrait and headshot and sports and boudoir and whatever. Those are all their specialties. Well, that's confusing to a client. Same thing here. You can't offer everything or people will choose nothing. And that comes down to something that I've talked about before, which is decision fatigue. And we're all familiar with decision fatigue. We get it all the time. So um, I always like to talk about the menu at the Cheesecake Factory. If you've ever been to that restaurant, they hand you what looks like a novel, Um And it it also has a bunch of ads in it, which is um, a little bit annoying when you're paying for your meal to have to go through ads for local businesses. But, um, But there are probably 100 items on that menu if there are, you know, if there's just one. And when you open that menu, the first question is, well, where do I even start? How do I even begin to narrow down what it is that I want to eat? So... I don't really feel like they're doing you any big favors there by giving you unlimited options, right? Same thing with Netflix. Um, I've talked about this before. When I was a kid, you know, this was when you only had a few channels on your television unless you had cable and then you had, I don't know, 15 more. It wasn't like you had a thousand different options to scroll through at any given time. Now with Netflix, it's not even that there are a thousand different Options, there are a thousand dip- different options at any given time. So you might sit down with the intention of watching a movie and you start scrolling through Netflix, and 45 minutes later, you haven't agreed on anything. And you ultimately are like, never mind, I'm just going to bed, right? That is decision fatigue. And this is not just anecdotal. There are studies out there, studies upon studies upon studies, that show that if people are given too many options, their brains shut down, and they don't make any option for fear of choosing the wrong thing. It is a much better situation to give someone, let's say, three or five choices, and then they're able to say, nope, this is the best one out of those five. So the other benefit to giving your clients fewer items is that you are establishing with them a certain additional level of credibility and professionalism. You are saying to them, I have already weeded through all the garbage that's out there, and I have come up with a list of, let's say, eight to ten wonderful items that no matter which you prefer, you know, whatever you end up going with, this is going to be a great decision for you. So you are doing them a favorite, and at this point, they can't make a wrong decision. It's just about choosing their favorites. And then the second step in the process after narrowing it down to nine or 10 items is that you want to think of your items in terms of tiers. So you're going to have kind of a lower tier, a middle tier, and a higher tier. And you want your products to span those things. So you want to have a few in the lower, a few in the middle, and a few in the upper tiers, two to three each. Um, And that is about helping, you know, you've narrowed your client's choices, but you also don't want to exclude anyone. So you want to have a little bit of something for everyone who's, who fits your Bluebird client model. So based on your brand, there should be a few products that ring in at each of those, um, levels and sort of each of those ranges. And it's not just price, although price is certainly, uh, an important part of it. It's sort of the, um, the sort of level of luxury or exclusivity that each product might, uh, invite. So, you know, a standard print might be in your lower tier, but you might have some sort of really, um, exceptional fine art print and that's in your middle or your upper tier. Um, and where that starts lower, middle and upper is all based on your brand. Those things are relative, right? So if you are at, um, a fancy restaurant and they hand you a wine list, the wines might start at $50. Whereas if you go to like your local pub, you might get dollar drafts on Thursdays or whatever it is. Um, so low, middle and high are, are relative to your brand. So if you have a very sort of boutique exclusive brand, low end is still not going to be low end kind of out there in the world. And if you are operating a high volume lower cost uh, brand, then your low end items in that lower tier are truly going to be inexpensive. And then also based on your brand and the people that you serve, consider who's going to be shopping in your store and make sure that you're offering something to all of them. So let's say you're a wedding photographer and your clients generally have a very clean, minimalist, modern style. That's you know, that's what your photos reflect and that's what your brand reflects. But they're not going to be the only people potentially shopping in your store, right? They're going to have parents and grandparents who might be coming in and wanting to buy prints and products. So the majority of your products might be sort of of a clean modern feel. But you do want to offer some something, a couple of things, um, ideally, one in each tier, that are going to a- appeal to a different aesthetic. Now that doesn't mean that you have to go way outside of your brand's box. You don't want to offer something really chintzy or overly ornate, but maybe something that's not all the way into that, um, that clean, modern aesthetic. So the grandma whose house is decorated with, you know, antique furniture doesn't, you want to have her, give her an option. And then, um, A safe way to do that is to include at least a couple of basics that are sort of classic and anyone can use. Prints, cards, simply framed um, images, those are things that are crowd pleasers for everyone and can essentially fit any aesthetic. Hang on guys, I have a quick message for you. Are you feeling stuck in your photography business? If you're bogged down or burned out or unsure what the next right step is, you're not alone. I've been there, and I know firsthand that quicksand feeling where the harder you struggle, the more stuck you feel, which is why I created the Photographer's Business Plan Glow Up. The Glow Up is a five-part workshop designed specifically for photographers like you. In the Glow Up, I lead you step-by-step through a process that will help you clarify your goals, identify the sticking points that are holding you back, get inspired by some of the systems and strategies that are working today in the photography industry, and then create a completely custom roadmap to take you from where you are now to where you want to be. It truly is a glow up for your business. Getting perspective can be nearly impossible when you've got your nose to the grindstone day in and day out. So this short workshop is an opportunity to reset, reevaluate, and rejuvenate your business. And it's all on demand. If that sounds like exactly what you need right now, click the link in the show notes or go to go.thiscan'tbethathard.com slash glow to get started today. Number three, at no point should a client have to decide on their own between or among more than five options. So, you know, we've, we've called our entire product list down to 9 or 10, but each product usually has a certain number of decisions to be made. Now, obviously, if you're selling someone a calendar, they're going to have 12 prints, you know, 12 images to put into that calendar. So that is that's a little bit of an exception to the rule. But hear me out here. I'm trying to um, I'm trying to give you the spirit of the rule, which is that you don't want to overwhelm your client with options. Albums are a perfect example of this. I have seen because album companies give you a ton of options, right? You can get 18 different kinds of covers. You can get four different thicknesses of pages. Are they going to be lay flat? Are they not? Are they going to be, you know, the list goes on. You need to narrow those choices for your client. When your client comes up you know, they want to purchase an album, you don't want them, you don't want to have to ask them or you don't want them to have to go through more than four or five decisions to get, um, to get to their buying process where they can actually put their credit card in. So, you know, you want to give them, let's say you like linen and leather covers. Great. Great linen or leather that's a a one or the other kind of a decision and people can make that and then each of those let's say you give them five or six color options great they can decide on that um you go ahead and choose the paper thickness um you make all the other major decisions and then maybe they have to choose a size and they choose among three different sizes you don't give them all the size options it's too overwhelming And they don't need that much flexibility. So, you know, you might think, well, I don't want to restrict my clients from, you know, maybe they want to buy a 14 by 14 album. I don't even know if that's a thing. But let's say that um, you want to include that just in case someone wants to buy it. I would recommend instead that you give them, let's say that that was the fourth or the fifth option, give them three options and then say additional sizes available contact, you know, contact me with special requests. And you can do that for frames as well. You do not want to give people all the different frame size options out there. They are unlimited, but you can let your client know that in addition to what's listed here, there are other frame sizes available to contact you. That gives them fewer choices to make. But if they do have a special circumstance, if they have a big wall that they want to fill or if they have a very specific um, you know, gap in their wall that needs a certain size frame, great. You can help them out with that on a one-on-one basis. You don't have to give them the entire menu to let them know that custom orders are available. Okay, number four is pricing. And this is where I think a lot of people overcomplicate the whole concept of um, selling products. They get really hung up on what is it that they're going to charge. And let me make this really simple for you. Products uh, in the retail market get marked up four to five times. That is the level at which you are going to make an actual profit. So that may seem like a lot to you. You know, if you have a fifty-dollar, um, I don't know, uh, you know, small wall hanging that uh, costs you fifty dollars, to then turn around and charge someone two hundred or two hundred and fifty dollars may seem like a lot. But that is the correct markup for wholesale to retail. Um, if you're charging less than that consistently, you are going to be essentially just giving your clients a wholesale price because the amount of money that, you know, the the sort of hidden costs of maintaining your gallery and shipping and all that sort of stuff, um, you have to account for that as well. So four to five time markup will protect you and that will mean that you are legitimately profiting on the products that you sell. So I want you to understand that four to five times is not across the board. You can't just take all the product costs and multiply them by four or multiply them by five and have your price. You need to then go back to this sort of tier system that we were talking about before. So when you have an item that costs you more, you're going to mark it up less, uh, generally speaking. And these are these are kind of general rules instead of hard and fast rules. There's a little bit of an art to this, but um, but it really is pretty basic once you come down to it. So, as an example, let's say an item out of each tier of your um, offerings are loose prints down at the bottom. So that's just you know like a five by seven or an eight by ten, and then in the middle tier you have um, a, a canvas product that you offer and in your upper tier, you offer fine art albums. So let's say that your uh, prints cost you a dollar or 60 cents or something like that. So a dollar times five is $5. If your canvas costs you $50, um, and the you know markup therefore would be either 200 to $250, and then let's say that your um, album, the cost to you is $250. So you multiply that times five and you are at twelve fifty. This is where the art part comes in. You have to then consider your market and your brand and you have to make the prices make sense. So if I walk into a you know high fashion store <laughs> I don't even know what the names of those are but let's say you know Prada or one of those um you walk into Prada on Fifth Avenue in New York and you go to the back and they have a sale rack and the t-shirts are eight dollars right no <laughs> wrong like Prada does not sell t-shirts for eight dollars I don't care if it only costs them a dollar to make that t-shirt You know, the original cost on the t-shirt is going to be a hundred plus dollars. And the sale price, the amazing bargain basement price is going to be $75 Um, because of Prada's brand. If you go into Prada and there are, you know, and they've got like key rings at the desk that you can buy for a dollar 50, it's going to feel wrong. Um, Versus let's say that you go into Walmart. I don't care if all of a sudden Walmart has a new Prada line that they carry, you're not going to pay $100 for a t-shirt at Walmart because you went into Walmart for a different experience and a different, that's not what you're there for. So when you're considering your markup, you have to consider who you're selling to and what your what your base prices are. So let's say that you are someone who runs a business where most of your clients spend $1,000 with you before they get to... The process of buying, you know, they're they're a thousand dollars in even before they're buying products, so you're not going to sell a um, a print, a five by seven for five dollars. That doesn't make uh, sense, <laughs> intuitive sense to your client. All of a sudden, they're calling into question all the money that they've spent with you, or they're assuming that that five dollar print is garbage because it's not in line with the rest of your pricing. So. Generally speaking, what you're going to do is lower end products, things that cost you less, are going to get marked up more, sometimes quite a bit more than that four to five times. And then products at the high end of your range that cost you more are going to get marked up less. So I do like to say four times minimum, but sometimes if you're marking those bottom, uh, those lower tier items up by, let's say, 10 to 15 times, so you or even more, I charge, you know, 40 to $50 for my smallest loose prints. Um, and they they don't cost me that much, but that is sort of, the, it brings it up to a range, you know, if I'm charging 40 or $50, that makes more sense with my pricing. On the flip side, I then take that extra padding that is built into my lower tier items, and I apply it to the higher tiered items. So maybe instead of marking um, a 200 did I say 200 or $250 album up to 1250? Maybe I only mark that up um, at least at the smallest size to let's say 800 because I want to sell more albums. I want to make that more achievable for people. And then those things fall into line and the canvas that was $50, that's going to be a straight four to five time markup. So I'm just going to charge $250 for that. So that is how you price. And, Once you have all 10 of your items, you know, sort of mapped out for pricing, I want you to put them all in front of you at the same time and make sure they make sense and make those numbers clean and round and understandable. Don't, you know, don't get it unless you are at a very low price point with your clients. You don't want those numbers to end with cents. they should just be whole round numbers rounded up to the closest, let's say 10. Okay, and the fifth and final thing that we're going to talk about in terms of putting together a product portfolio and getting it to your clients is managing the sale and delivery of those products. This is something that really comes down to personal choice, and I encourage you to really get honest and clear with what's important and who it's important to. So if you guys have heard my story before, you know that over the course of my 10 years in business, I have gone through different phases, and I have, um, in the early parts of my business, I was an in-person sales person, and I was extremely hands-on when it came to not only um, packaging up my products, but also actually creating my products. I, I did a lot of handmade stuff for my clients and i had a printer and i did my own fine art printing um so i have been on that end of it before and i have understood the value of that but when i switched over and started you know when i created and started using the simple sales system my goal there was to streamline my workflow as much as possible and on a bit of a limb i felt pretty vulnerable about it but i stopped being the middleman. And when um, someone ordered a product, I just had it delivered directly to them from the lab. Now, I was concerned that that was going to um, devalue that, pro- that end product in my client's minds. But my experience has been that it hasn't. Now, I know that that is not the, um, the right solution for every business out there. If you run a very boutique um, very high-end kind of an operation, or if your branding is really strong and you feel strongly about things needing to be packaged up with your branding on them, then by all means, be the middleman and have products delivered to you, repackage them, etc., and then deliver. Um, I have found, again, that that process, it delays my clients getting their product and Um, To me, it means that there's extra um, environmental impact on the fact that it's additional packaging, it's additional shipping. Um, So I've just cut that out and no one seems to mind. I still charge the same prices for those items. Um, The markup is the same, but they are going directly to my clients. And I think my clients really appreciate the quick turnaround time. So for what it's worth, that is a, a personal decision, but most online gallery softwares that have uh, a storefront option will allow you to decide whether your client gets their products shipped directly to them or shipped to you first. And, um, and that's really all that goes into making that decision. You just have to decide whether it is worth your time uh, and effort to go through the, um, the middleman process. So to recap, in order to get your product uh, store ready, your products chosen, etc. There are sort of five guiding principles. So number one, keep it simple. No more than nine or 10 items total that you are selling to your clients. Number two, Make sure that those items sort of represent a range of tiers. So you've got sort of the lower priced, more accessible items. You've got some mid-range items and then you have some stretch items that may not be the most popular, but that will be uh, nicely profitable for you when they come in and they will give your clients who do have some more spending money an option to spend it with you. Then number three, um, you are going to go through each and every one of those nine or ten items, and you're going to make sure that at no point is your client faced with more than three or four or five options um, for whatever it may be, size or configuration or um, cover type for an album or anything like that. Then you're going to price all of those items using the basic principle that everything gets marked up at least four to five times. Lower priced items get marked up more, higher priced items get marked up a little bit less. And then number five, you are going to decide on how your products get delivered, whether you are going to have products delivered to you, repackage them and then deliver them to your clients, or whether you're going to allow your clients to order directly and have those items come more quickly, but maybe not as branded. Okay, guys, that is it for today. I hope that was super helpful for you, whether or not you already sell products to your clients. And I would love to hear about your thoughts on this topic or any of our other podcast topics over in the Facebook group. If you have not joined the Facebook group yet, go to facebook.com slash groups slash this can't be that hard and ask to join. There are just a couple of questions that I'll ask you, but it gives you a place where... Your clients can't necessarily look over your shoulder and see you talking about the back side of your business. Um, and it allows me to connect with you and find out what more I can do to help you. I hope you have a great day and I will see you next week. Well, that's it for this week's episode of This Can't Be That Hard. I'll be back same time, same place next week. In the meantime, you can find more information about this episode along with all the relevant links, notes, and downloads, at thiscantbethathard.com slash learn. If you like the podcast, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Even better, share the love by leaving a review in iTunes. And as always, thanks so much for joining me. I hope you have a fantastic week.